Hello beautiful people and welcome back to the Excel Beyond Excellence podcast. I'm your girl Abby and I am so glad that you could join me today on this episode. Today we're going to have a really good conversation with someone that I recently met and that I love um, and she also has her own podcast and obviously she's going to plug herself at the end um, but I am just so excited for today's episode and I hope you are as well. But before we go into it, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you mentally? How are you financially? How are you academically? How, what's good? What's happening? What's popping? Um, I hope that, you know, you can spare a few minutes and just, um, you know, enjoy this conversation with us um, as we discuss the topic, does money affect your mental health? Now, without further ado, I want my girl to introduce herself. Ooh, if only they could see <laughs> So, my lovely guest, can you introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Joan. I am the founder and CEO of Several Seats. It's a mental health platform led by women for women of ethnic minority backgrounds. We have a blog, a podcast, and a mentorship program that we've recently launched. And I guess, aside from that, I work as an assistant research psychologist for Young Epilepsy. Wow, wow, she's loaded. She's loaded. <laughs> and uh, I'm just, me and me, I'm no mental health expert. Um, that's why I felt like it would be right to have my girl on this um, podcast, on this episode, so that we can just talk about, you know, these topics that are most of the time shunned away from. Um, no one really wants to talk about these things. And I guess that's why you also started your platform. Um, but before we go into it and tackle the question, I just want to ask you about like your relationship with money. Like, <laughs> don't do that. What, what, what was it saying? <laughs> you know what? To be completely honest with you all, I think my relationship with money is so much better at the moment. Mm -hmm. Before, my relationship with money was very hit and miss. Um, I wasn't. I was a big saver initially, and I think when I went into my masters. And I had to kind of tap into those savings to pay for, you know, tuition fees. Mm -hmm. I lost that ability to be that discipline that I had before initially of saving and putting money away. Yeah. And so I've recently started to be a lot more intentional with the way I go about with my relationship with money. So having like a budget plan, I used to think that was very out of my reach. It wasn't yeah. something I could stick to. But having that same, once again, discipline of having it since then, definitely I think my relationship with money is better but my mom would still say that I spend money like I don't like money. <laughs> you spend money like you don't like money. Mate. <laughs> I love your mom. <laughs> I love your mom. So it's subjective then. You know, in your eyes, yeah. you know, you're you're being disciplined. But, mm -hmm. yeah. but to others, other people will be saying, okay, so you've got your nose done again. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? Sometimes it's not about what other people think, you know, it's about, you know, mm -hmm. the effort that you're putting in, you know, the work you're putting in, the discipline that you're putting in. So, girl, you're speaking exactly. my language, you're speaking my language. And before you know it, you know, you'll be a pro. <laughs> you'll be yes. a pro. So, OK, that's that's cool. So I want I want to ask you as well. Do you think that money affects your mental health or does money affect you know, mental health in general? I think it does. I think in general, money is a driving factor to battles with mental health. And mm. I think it's a key factor, vice versa. So I think poor money management equals poor mental health. And mm -hmm. poor mental health equals poor money management. Yes, I think it works yes, both ways. Yeah. 
I've been in situations whereby because I've had poor mental health, I've then decided to spend recklessly. Mm. And then that acts as a cycle whereby I spend recklessly, I feel bad about it, I feel guilty, so I feel worse for my mental health and end up going back to spending yeah. again. And the same way vice versa, whereby I can be in a place where I'm not financially stable enough, so I can't then socialise with my friends, go out, enjoy life, you know, chop money, mm-hmm. and before you know it, I'm there feeling lonely, and then before you know like, loneliness then leads to a lot of other emotions, and you feel worse about your mental health, and then you're still on your own because you still haven't got money, and it's, it's I, I think it's very important to understand that money is also is a cause as well as a factor. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you've actually spoken my mind. That is so weird. Like literally that, that's what I was coming to say because, um, a lot of people, when, when we ask these questions, we think, Oh, does money affect your mental health? As in, Oh, you know, just the one aspect that, Oh, when you don't have money, then you start feeling, you know, mm. anxiety or, you know, even depression. It can lead to just a low moods and stuff like that. But yeah. no one, you you also have to think that being alone, you, you then don't have energy, like you don't have the exactly. capacity to even think about your money and having it in order mm-hmm. because, you know, maybe something else is falling apart. So you, you don't have the capacity, yeah, mm-hmm. to think, oh, yeah, let me sort out my finances. And it's a vicious cycle. It's, it's literally cycles because, it you know, is. one is affecting the other and the other is affecting the other. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a whole thing. And also, I, I just want us to clarify as well, when we're talking about mental health, we're not just only talking about the extreme, you know, diagnosed kind of mental health no. issues. Also just, it's you mental know... Mental well-being in general. Yes, yes, yeah, like... And your well-being is equally important. And that's why, like, even here at EBE, that's that's what we want to establish, that you're not just well financially, but you're also well when it comes to the state of your mind, when it comes to other areas. Because wealth is not just, you know, about material possessions. It's just being in a place of wholeness. So, Mm -hmm. like what you said, I 100% agree. Yeah, and the thing is, I used to work as an assistant psychologist for East London NHS mm. and I remember coming into um encounter with a lot of people that I was working with who they weren't able to work because of their mental health mm. so they got into a state of depression where it was affecting them in earning money yeah. they couldn't wake up they didn't have that motivation let alone to get out of bed in the morning because depression can be something it's a it's a bed bounding yeah. condition like it can really limit you in your capacity yeah. and for some of them it's like they weren't able then to go out and actually make that money so they've yeah. ended up on benefits and so forth and it's important then to understand that, it, like we said, depression can affect your the way you earn money. And then poor money management then affect, it causes guilt. You yeah. feel guilty because you don't have the money and you want to spend money. Mm-hmm. You then have this feeling of loss of control. You don't feel like you can, you don't, you don't, you don't know when to stop essentially and then the last one is the shame so you recognize that you have poor money management or you recognize that you're having issues with money but you don't then find a solution so you then you feel this overwhelming emotions of guilt shame Mm. Mm. and it's really important that we acknowledge that in both aspects yeah yeah no honestly like you're literally speaking my mind and that's that's why i had to have you on here girl Girl, (laughs) you're literally you're literally speaking my mind because i think we need to come to a place um i feel like before it spirals into something that is very hard to control it's sometimes Mm -hmm. just you know acknowledging it and being aware that you know um my money my finances Mm -hmm is affecting you know how i view life and 
is giving me anxiety and all these yeah. things. And a lot of the people would, you know, maybe shrug it off because they don't think, oh, no, money. Obviously, when you say, oh, yeah, money, when I don't have money, like when my P's are low, like I feel low. But people are not actually deep in that there's actual direct correlation um, yes. when it comes to it. And then before they know it, they are maybe in some low pit that it's very hard to come out of. Whereas had they identified the links earlier, um, maybe, you know, they could have done something about it before. I'm not saying that it's a it's a hopeless situation. Um, <laughs> you know, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm just saying that sometimes if we acknowledge it, you know, before um, the downward spiral or before the cycles, um, we'll be able to break the cycle quicker, you know. Yeah. Even statistically, I think it's... Um, twice people are twice as more likely to develop to people who are in debt are twice as likely to develop depression and about 72 percent of people who are receiving treatment um for their mental health don't actually then receive um i guess get the benefits if they're still in a financially difficult situation mm. Mm. wow wow that's actually very deep that's very deep and and that's that's why like we bang on about these things i'm not like doing this so that for my own gain i'm doing this so that mm. to put this information out there you yeah. know and a lot of people as well spend money to make themselves feel better you know in the yeah, name okay. of quote-unquote self-care um i've been there, you've been there. <laughs> i'm still there <laughs> tell us tell us about it Joe. has set us you free <laughs> i was that person that i used to um commute to london quite a lot I used to hate the journey. So King's Cross was my centre mm. for, I've had a bad journey, I've had a bad trip, my train was delayed, let me go and buy something from mm. Mac. Oh my, this is, let me go and buy. Mm. And it's actually, this quote-unquote retail therapy was yeah. not retail at all, at all. Because I didn't, when I look back at my bag balance, I, I could have firmed it. Yeah, you could, that's could've. the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. I think a lot of us are like, um led by emotions and so mm -hmm. um you know when we're when we're talking about mental health we can talk about you know maybe when you're feeling really excited or very happy and i'm not saying don't treat yourself of course you got to do what you got to do reward yourself but sometimes all in the name of retail therapy or like oh celebrations or whatever um our moods affect how we spend and so because i don't know you had really good news and then you're just spending you're spending like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have no bills <laughs> and that's the thing we need to understand yeah um we need to understand that when you're saying retail therapy there's a difference between like retail therapy for the cause of you know what you want to treat yourself and then impulsive financial decisions mm. as a result of your mood yeah you need to identify your money and mood pattern mm. is there a a correlation between when my mood is in some type of position does my money pattern then behave in another position yes, as well yeah and then it's understanding okay what are your habits and your thought patterns when you're spending mm -hmm. when you're sad are you more likely to dash out one thousand pounds for the sake of you know let me just do it yeah and then understanding that okay right is this an impulse buy or do i actually want this yeah and a lot of us get lost in that whole there is a difference between um retail therapy and impulsive financial decisions yeah yeah no that that's actually like facts because a lot, like you said people blow money 
because they're feeling and then they'll be like oh I don't know where my money is going but <laughs> actually if you sit down and you assess you will know that you know your moods and your behaviors are you know linking to how you spend your money how you save um in a particular month or you know and and the reason why we don't acknowledge that we are in this cycle again is because we are not checking the correlations you know, between exactly. our, our money and how we feel at a given moment. And again, when you were feeling sad, you know, like you said, um, a train has been delayed and there's a shop there. It's like, oh, let me do this to make myself feel better. Yes, it's all fun and games if you do it once in a while. But if it's like mm-hmm. constantly, you need to bring yourself back and be like, OK, you know what? There's goals, mm-hmm. there's financial commitments, there's responsibilities, and I need to be careful. <laughs> Otherwise, yes, and, yeah. Yeah, and the thing as well is when you think about um, just in general, too much of anything is bad for you. Yeah. So the same thing, how you can say like um, eating out or eating food. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can do, so, uh, that's self therapy yeah, as well. Yeah. Like, I want to eat myself, have myself a nice yeah. little hog salted caramel <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. to say, well done, well, let me do that. But when you start to identify, because you think about it the same way, when we go through or you're helping someone who has an eating disorder, mm-hmm. it, they do like a food diary. Mm-hmm. So you then identify, okay, when I was sad, I noticed that I ate this amount or I purged at this time mm-hmm. because this had happened. So when it, you need to start going back to be like, okay, what are, um, what exactly are my triggers for my impulse financial decisions? Yeah. Is yeah. it when I'm in a certain... Is it when I speak to a certain person? Mm-hmm. Is it when something particular happens to me? Is yeah. it when I look at my bank account? Like, identify what are my triggers yeah. so you can then see what your money-to-mood ratio is. Yes, money-to-mood ratio. Oh, money-to-mood ratio. <laughs> speak to us. And that that is a perfect segue to my next question, actually, because I was going to talk about, like, how do we identify, um, you know, that there is a link between you know so someone might be listening and they're thinking okay how can I identify that there's a link between my money and my mental health and you know one of the things that we have spoken about is like ensuring that you are actually taking an audit you know like a a financial audit I don't know like I always say this in every episode or most of my episodes or seminars and stuff like that that we plan for a range of things we review a range of things we have academic goals we have personal goals we have so many goals that we review but when it comes to our money (laughs) It's just as the wind blows. Do you know what I mean? Like, hey, as the girl, wind, the wind is taking it. Yeah, so we, we, we move like as the wind blows. But we, we also need to have a plan, you know, when we're doing these things and take audits. So that's yes. why I, I want us to talk about how we can identify some of these things. So you've mentioned um, one or two. So do you have any, like, tips or ideas of how someone can identify? I think it's easier said than done to be like, you know, identify your triggers and then you can work out what your mood and money patterns are. Yeah. It's if you don't even know what your mood looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the time when people are dealing with um, their mental health, there's a lack of emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. Emotional regulation is essentially like how you identify your moods mm-hmm. and then knowing how you feel. So I think a lot of that comes from just time with yourself, recognising what state of mind are you in when you're in that state of mind. Yeah. Or even more so when you can identify when your state of mind is changing. Mm. When you are able to then identify, all right, right now I'm happy, but I have a sense that I'm going to be upset or I can get, I understand that I'm starting to get agitated, I'm becoming angry. You can yeah. then relate that to being like, okay, I know where my moods are. I can emotionally regulate myself mm-hmm. to know that, okay, I'm getting upset. When I'm upset, I usually look to shopping as a coping mechanism. Yeah. 
which is another thing going back to the issues with money and or the correlation between money and mental health because a lot of people's um coping strategy is shopping retail therapy yeah yeah so I understand, okay, so what are my coping mechanisms when I'm sad, when I'm angry, when I'm upset, do I eat? Okay, when I'm happy, do I overspend? Do I overspend? Mm-hmm. This and so on and so forth. I think it all starts with being able to identify your emotions in the first place yeah. and know how to then regulate them. Yeah, yeah. No, that is, like, honestly so true. And um, I remember in Money May, <laughs> if you join Money May, <laughs> you will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I was talking. Um, I was. Um, I asked the question, um, asking what type of spender are you, and th- there was quite a few um, that said that they are avoiders. And avoiders are people that basically they refuse to check their bank account, but they continue to tap mm. or swipe. Um, and you basically need to know the kind of spender that you are so that you know how to tackle it. Do you know what I mean? Because someone mm-hmm. um, who's, let's say, a status spender and someone who's an avoider, you can't use the same strategy when you're trying yeah. to overcome it. So someone who is an avoider, you need to identify, like, do you avoid checking your account, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you know how much money is coming out, coming in and coming out of your account? And a lot of the people you know they don't um they avoid it and then you know they're surprised when they end up in cycles and cycles and cycles yeah. um that lead to poor mental health yeah you can talk about do you have any other link um no but with what you were saying about um the not avoiding your bank account the mm-hmm. reason why most people do avoid it is because of that anxiety and anxiety is fueled by fear yeah and fear is fueled by loss of control once again which goes mm-hmm. back to the whole loss of control and discipline yeah and it's when you don't know what you're gonna find but if you're checking your bank account once a month of course anxiety will overly consume you yeah but if you make it a habit of checking your bank account once a day yeah. Which I at least once a day I check my bank account just to know where I'm at. So mm-hmm. I'm never at a point of confusion or feeling like, oh my gosh, like I'm just seeing loads of different amounts coming out at once at different times. Yeah. But if yeah. you know if you're constantly monitoring what's going on in with your money then you will yourself feel in control of what's going on as well. Okay, right, I checked this yesterday, there was £20 outside. I've checked again today and there's £5. Okay, so I know that I've lost £25 so far and yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah. It's the same way how, like, you, what you said about we check on other stuff in our lives, we check on our mental health, we check on um, so and so forth, that it's important to also check on your money daily, check in on yourself, yeah. how are you doing today? And if you do have those things where you're worried about financial support, then you have people around you who can also help you. I think Mm -hmm. for as you get older, you have a lot more financial responsibilities and there's a whole chunk of things you have to worry about, but you need to understand you don't have to do it alone. And there's other people out there who um, can act as emotional supporters in your Mm -hmm. journey. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely agree. And one thing that personally helped me, um, especially to... I never really had this avoiders issue. However, one thing that really helped me um, was the fact that I separated my accounts. So I had my normal current account where, you know, my salary comes in and then I distribute that to different accounts. So I have an account for just my spending money, which is my Monzo account. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I know that once that money in that account is finished, then also my spending for that month is also finished. And so, so with that, I don't obviously have to constantly check because I know that I have a budget in that account and um, yeah. things are allocated to different things. But again, 
that's the, that's why I bang on about um, budgeting because budgeting gives you the control over money that you you lack. And and we spoke yeah. about how anxiety, you know, feels is fueled by you know lack of control and things like that. And one thing that budgeting does is that it gives you control over your money and if you don't control mm-hmm. your money your money will control you and that's why you know it yes. leads to these anxiety and feet and low moods and you know maybe bouts of depression um or depression affecting those areas because you're unable to keep up with your commitments and your responsibilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And especially if people who are in their 20s, early 20s, maybe reaching their 30s, I think this is the time where we start taking it serious and looking at, you know, strategies on how to break those cycles um, where our moods affect our money and our money affect our moods. Um, we need to be, you know, plan better and be better stewards. And and how that looks like is basically identifying what type of spender you are first of all identifying you know you you know your budgeting strategy and identifying that you have a community if you don't have a community you know like I said like you know that's why I'm doing EBE you know you can join the community you can speak to your friends you can speak to family if it's you know someone who is you know in debt or something don't just be quiet speak to these providers you know ask Mm -hmm. for help you know, research a lot. A lot of people don't research, and they just sit in their situation, um, and then yeah. it just spirals and spirals. But if you research, you know, and maybe acknowledge first of all that you have an issue, because a lot mm-hmm. of us, you know, we let pride kick in sometimes, and you know, like I can do bad all by myself. But no, there are communities there to help you. There is information. Uh-huh. Google is free. YouTube is honestly. free, <laughs> honestly. So yeah, that that would be you know my my few tips you know and strategies and i'm by no means a mental health expert that's why joan is here (laughs) (laughs) but just i guess in addition to what you said so it's like yeah agreeing with what you were saying and it's important that we stop allowing money and shopping to be our safety blanket Mm. it's like if you are in a state of emotional well-being where your emotional well-being is not 100 Mm percent then looking for stuff other stuff that is cost free that will help you get back into a positive mental space so like i said it doesn't always have to be retail therapy that is your your quote-unquote coping strategy of when you're not feeling great there'd Mm -hmm. be something like art therapy is a great thing to do like i've recently Mm. just started that and that's cost free apart from the once you buy the paint from ebay 10 pound all you need is a bit of paper or canvas if you want to feel fancy (laughs) and just be painting like that when you're fit when you're not feeling in the mood it's a great way to manage anxiety it's a great way to allow yourself to just focus on the things around you and your senses as well as you're doing that. And art therapy is a huge thing that's grown up. It's um, getting a lot of buzz around it in the mental health industry because it's a great, and as well as music therapy as well. Yeah. Then the other thing I would suggest, like I said, about sharing your worries with support networks. So you have this network here with you. You have other things that you can find, groups, Facebook groups as well. Um, yeah. WhatsApp groups. So you can start even with your friends about, okay, right, guys, let's set a target of saving this amount of money or mm-hmm. just even having like a social network where you feel like you can share your concerns. You can talk about your mental health. Have a buddy. This year, actually from last year, I had a... Um, an accountability partner. Yeah. And we had it for um, our mental, physical and spiritual. But we also later on in the year added financial because we realised that we were, all, we were both falling off financially and we needed someone to be yeah. accountable for. So, all right, so this mm-hmm. is how far are you with that budget? Uh, didn't you say you're going to save this amount this month? Have you got that yet? Like, what about in terms of this? Have you thought about opening this account? Have you thought about, right, I saw you went out this week and you went to Nando's twice. Are you sure you don't want to just go once a month? 
to having that <laughs> yeah. as well, that relationship where you have someone who's going to keep you accountable. Like, oh, just That's to remind it. you, remember, we've got our goals, we've got this we're trying to work towards. Yeah. Accountability partner is very key. You don't need to have, even if you don't want to have a one-to-one accountability partner, have that accountability within a group or a network. Yeah. Also, consider letting your bank know if you've got to a point where your mental health is of... um really deep concern you seek professional help your bank has um procedures that they can adapt to cater for your needs and they have support networks as well within banks yeah that they can help you financially as well as mentally because they also understand that poor mental health affects money as well yeah and they want to help you just as much as they're trying to get your help yeah and uh, the one the other one create a budget yearly budget is really important check up um check your bank balance keep a diary for your mood and your spending. Mm-hmm. And the last one is a network that I recently came across when I was um, dealing with a patient was mentalhealthandmoneyadvice.org. Definitely check them out. Um, they have so many um, services available for the general public that are free as well. They have online resources, online yeah. resources as well that people can use. And I think it's just more, like you said, Google is free. The internet is free. Honestly, but even your, free. your friend, <laughs> your friends are there too. So you don't ever need to feel yeah. like you don't, you can't seek the help. Once you make yourself vocal and allow people to understand that you're going through something, there will be people that are there that will catch you when you're trying, when you're falling. Yeah, definitely. And I, I honestly agree with everything that you have said. You have shed light on this um, topic especially so thank you so much Joan you have been a blessing and I hope that um, you as a listener you take this on board and you actually start to apply these you know things that we've spoken about Um, it first comes with identifying you know how your spending affects your mood and how your mood affects your spending and then applying these tips and strategies that can hopefully um aid you into becoming a better steward of your finances and so Joan I just want to thank you so much for joining me today and honoring my invitation I couldn't have done it with anyone else but you girl (laughs) thank you for having me you're welcome now before you leave yeah I have one question that I tend to ask my guests so (laughs) yeah I didn't tell you about this (laughs) no it's a quick question um what does wealth mean to you Oh, that's such a hard question. (laughs) Wealth means... Oh, wealth. I think the first thing I think about wealth is mentally abundant. Mm. And I think when when there's an abundance, I mean, like, there's an abundance of joy mentally. There's an abundance of finances, an abundance of goodwill, good presence around you. Mm-hmm. That's why I think wealth means overflow and abundance. Overflow and abundance. I love that. And I love how you said, you know, joy and, you know, just being in, in a place of, you know, mental, you know, stability because mm-hmm. it's not just about money. It's not just about money. Mm-hmm. And today's conversation has even just, you know, like it's expanded on the fact that it's not just about money because. <laughs> Our moods are equally as important. And I said it earlier, like, what is the point being um, financially secure or financially in a financial abundance and you're in depression? Do you know what I mean? There are millionaires that are committing suicide. Why? Because they didn't break the cycles. And so, you know, as you're on your pursuit of financial security, also be in pursuit of, you know, mental well-being. So thank you so much, Joan, for joining me, girl. Um, Yeah, where can we find you? Plug yourself, several seats. (laughs) 
Come okay, on, girl. guys. So you can find me on several seats. So that's several underscore seats underscore on Instagram, and go on our website. We you can subscribe to our um, newsletter where you'll get like the latest updates about what we're doing. We have a blog. Um, we have a podcast channel, and for anyone who is aspiring to pursue a career in mental health, so that can be in the area of psychology, support working, mental health nurse. Anything that is mental health related, we are starting a mentorship scheme, but it's for women. Um, it's, yeah, it's majorly for women of ethnic minority backgrounds because we mm-hmm. understand that there's a need for this in our representation within the NHS and other mental health services. Yeah. So we want to, I guess, if anything, provide the solution for the problem that we've identified. Yeah. So we look forward to seeing you all. And thank you so much once again for having me. Thank you, Joan. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are a disruptor in your field. And I just pray that God continues to bless you um, and that you will continue to help women, um, especially in the space of psychology and mental health. So thank you so much. And as for you, my listener, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I hope you were blessed by this episode. I hope you were blessed by Joan. And uh, go and check her out, support her. Um, She's doing great things in her field. And I just pray that God blesses you to live an abundant and a meaningful life remember to excel beyond excellence